Handelsbanken is a local relationship bank built on satisfied customers, financial strength and sustainable values. Find out more at handelsbanken.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Handelsbank and Insights. I'm Daniel Marnie. We've got a very busy week coming up. So on this week's Handelsbank and Insights, we're going to look at all the data releases coming out this week. We've got data releases on earnings, inflation, GDP and retail sales. We'll also take a look at the geopolitical outlook and how that may affect what's going to happen with economic prospects in this country and also more broadly across the world. And I'm delighted to be joined by James Brawl, Handelsbank and UK's Chief Economist. So James, as I just said in the preamble, we've got a lot of data releases coming out this week. Tomorrow we've got earnings and employment. What could that mean? What are you looking out for? And um, how does it all affect the inflation outlook? Well, thanks, Daniel. For looking at UK inflation and what's worrying about UK inflation, what's worrying Monetary Policy Committee members about UK inflation, a lot of it comes down to what's going on with earnings growth. Now, I was very lucky to go to a speech by Catherine Mann, one of the more hawkish members of the Monetary Policy Committee, and she was explaining uh, just last week uh, about how important it was to see that number continuing to fall. And it was she was questioned quite closely by the audience, what would she need to see for her vote to move from hike, which was what her vote was at the last NBC meeting, towards neutral. And the answer was a prolonged fall in uh, those earnings figures. So something really containable, all, all of that, in, in, in looking at the long-term level of price rises um, that need to come through. So from Catherine Mann's point of view, she's thinking that about 3.5% is your typical services inflation, minus 1% is your typical goods inflation. She wants to see something that's commensurate with all of that she doesn't see yet, and therefore she is planning on continuing to look for rate hikes um, before she moves to a neutral stance. Now, when will that happen? It's obviously a big question. For this week, I would expect to see those earnings figures continuing to come down in nominal terms, but because inflation itself is continuing to also fall quite quickly, uh, we're likely to see a real terms continuing rise. Not anything that needs to be necessarily uh, uh, exciting. It's, it's going to be a long-term rebuilding of UK consumer confidence, and that's one of the, the key elements that's going to be those rising wages. But I would certainly see something sub 1.5% as being the, the norm that will be coming out of those figures when they're released on Tuesday morning. Uh, and as I say, is that enough to get the, the UK consumer excited? Well, it's not bad. Um, but at the same time, it's not going to be sufficient in and of itself to lead to that um, the greater GDP growth. Looking at that GDP growth, which comes out on Thursday, of course, the question here is really a, a very important one. Casting our minds back about uh, 12 months, we put out a global markets forecast then for the course of 2023. We expected to see a very shallow recession at the end of 2023. Um, revisions to the data, revisions to our own forecast, so that we just would miss that. However, since then, we've seen revisions of the revisions uh, and in Q3, and the UK um, GDP growth was moved from 0.0 to, to minus 0.1. So very, very slight shrinkage in Q3. If we see very slight shrinkage in Q4, um, which is a possibility, it's not our expectation, but it's a possibility, we, of course, would have been in a technical recession in the second half of last year. And undoubtedly, because the, the trend rate of growth here in the UK, as across much of the Eurozone at the moment, is so low, really minor revisions can push us from positive to negative, and therefore lots of journalists screaming at the word recession. So what happens is that the, the atmosphere becomes really unnecessarily uh, excitable. These are minor revisions to what, in fact, is a fairly anemic growth path. So we're looking for, for growth figures over the course of 2024 to be uh, mildly positive, 
Um, certainly nothing to write home about. Uh, the course of the course of 2023, we saw some some pretty anemic figures. Went from zero 0, 0.0 to, to minus 0 0.1. We still expect the Q4 figures to come out just above that, so we'll avoid that technical recession. But uh, the, in the reality, the situation is pretty much flat. Going back to some of your comments on inflation, we've also got the print coming out on Wednesday. I believe that we are expecting it to go up a little bit, but I think it will fall quite sharply afterwards. So can you just outline uh, what you're expecting in terms of the pathway of inflation over the next year? Absolutely. So um, there's some interesting things going on with inflation as always. So of course, it has been a huge problem in the last couple of years, and it is falling fast. Now, the Bank of England has a target of 2%. And what we're looking for now is, uh, as you say, a very slight upward tick. That's largely as a result of changes to the, the weightings of energy within that inflationary index. But the Bank of England's forecast right now for headline inflation is for it to hit its 2% target in Q2 of this year. So pretty quick. In fact, much quicker than the Bank of England itself was anticipating. In fact, quicker than, than our own forecast was anticipating. That's the headline rate. The core rate, which strips out the volatile food and energy bits, that's not expected to come down to its 2% until sometime in 2027. So a much, much slower regression towards that long-term target. Now, there's a number of things going on here. The Bank of England does a, a number of inflationary um, forecasts, and they put out two scenarios when they, they look at these various things. One is they, they say, what happens if um, interest rates were to remain at their present level, so 5.25%, and the other one is what happens if it followed market expectations, so market expectations are for, for interest rates to be falling. The answer from an inflationary point of view is not all that big differences. So if markets remain at five and a quarter percent, we get to inflation down to one percent within the next two to three years. But if it remains in the market expectations, we get to our, our target level of two percent uh, over the same period of time. One would expect that actually if you left interest rates at five and a quarter percent, that the economic impacts would actually be quite significant. So that gives the Bank of England lots of reasons to think to itself, well, actually, we can cut here and it won't actually make much difference to the underlying inflation rate. So that's, I think, one of the things to, to, to bear in mind about all of this. Also, it's worth looking at this situation and thinking, how do markets anticipate interest rates? And clearly, you can look at market anticipations of interest rates, and they're much more volatile than the Bank of England itself. And when we do our forecasts, we do the same thing. We look at the forecast and we say, the Bank of England doesn't want to move rates around as much as markets might think. And so they typically overestimate how quickly it's going to, to rise and to the level to which it's going to rise, and they quickly overanticipate how quickly it's going to correct when it starts to fall. So it's just well to remember all these things. The Bank of England tries to take a steer a much calmer course than the market expectations typically have put into that. So it's just a good thing to remember whenever looking and, and commentators saying that the market expects X to happen. Well, it, exactly, but the market does tend to be excitable. So in terms of the inflation outlook, uh, you were talking about a lot of kind of domestically led factors, but obviously there are some external factors at the moment, particularly geopolitical conflict that's going on in the Middle East. There's obviously been a bit of an update and a bit of an evolution in the situation in the Red Sea. I think things have got slightly better. So how's that factoring into your thinking? Yes. Yeah, so so we still have, of course, um, the, the uh, rebels in the, the Yemen basically attacking shipping, and it's yet to be seen whether the, the shipping companies are willing to shift their ships back through the Red Sea, which obviously would help the Egyptians for, for tolls in the Suez Canal, but also help all of us because it would be the shipping was shorter and therefore there wasn't the possibility of a supply chain impact. What's interesting is also that the ONS does a regular um, uh, monthly um, insight into businesses and what sorts of pressures they're finding and feeling. And they asked them, are you seeing um, supply chain problems? And the answer was generally no. So um, less than 7% of businesses reporting any problems whatsoever with supply chains. So I think that was, was pretty good. 
Um, if there was a, a, an issue which they had, it was ongoing worker shortages, particularly in lower skilled areas. Now, that's a, a whole other issue, which has a lot to do with migration and what's been going on with the UK labor supply. Um, but that's nothing to do with the Houthi rebels. So in general, what we're seeing so far is not that much of an impact. Now, we have said for some time that the biggest impact on inflation invariably comes through what happens with energy prices. That's the one where you can see it really spilling over to, into inflation quite quickly. But again, just not seeing that coming through just yet. So that's not to say it won't in future. It's not to say that there might be some problems that arise over the next couple of weeks, which we don't anticipate. But for the moment, I think we can say that those concerns that we might have had over the course of the last month or so have yet to realize themselves in something that's going to be impacting on our domestic economy. I suppose one thing to point out is the Bank of England did say there was an upside risk in their uh, near-term forecast for inflation because of what's going on in the Middle East. So it clearly does present quite a lot of uncertainties, but it sounds like pretty good news for what you've been saying. Well, James, thanks so much for those insights as always. And at home, if you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to race on the app where you're listening because it helps other people find us. And you may also want to share this episode on social media. We look forward to you tuning in next time. <laughs>